I call it luck. In my experience, there's no such thing as luck. Welcome to episode 161 of the Cantobite Dispatch. I'm Emily Lind, and with me, as always, my delight co-host, Brittany Brown. Hi, Brittany. Hello. How are you? I'm doing all right. How are you doing? I'm doing good. It's the start of a new week, which is good because last week was horrible, 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 except this weekend was great, great, great. So I'm happy. And it's almost October. It is almost October. Time for... Which means Halloween candy and horror movies. Yes, spooky things. Spooky... I almost said spooky people, but I don't think I'm going to see Chris Fresh anytime soon. <laughs> oh, but we are going to hear from him in a little bit. I can't wait. He's always just such a delight to hear from his I don't voice. Know. I don't know if spooky is the word I would use for Chris. Well, you could say like spook. Like spooky can be like a good thing. Well, no, I just don't think spooky. I mean, first of all, he doesn't like horror movies. But I don't think he's spooky. Like we've, we've, as we've previously established, he is a terrible monster. But I don't think he's spooky. Yeah. He's not. I do like his ginger beard, though. He has a very nice ginger beard. But uh, what have you been up to? Uh, not not a lot. Uh, I successfully was able to have my family and Carlos's family meet yesterday, and it went really well. That's good. This was their first time meeting, right? Yeah, like our parents have met his parents and Lorena and Raj, but he met his other, or they all met his other sister and her family, and it went really, really well. I am so happy. Like all of my favorite people in a room, you know, both families together. Like it's it's crazy that you know, I got to witness it. So it's really That's great. I'm glad it, I'm glad it went well. There's no drama or anything. 
I know. Even though there wasn't going to be any, like I always, you know, watch those movies where like the families meet and there's like the crazy shit that happens or something. Like, I don't know. I always like expect the unexpected. So even if like I was, I was a little late getting to wherever we needed to go and I was just like, why am I late? I've been preparing for this for years. (laughs) But I hate being late for anything. Ugh, me too. And like, I'm I'm so crazy because, like, I always, you know, I picture in my head, okay, I'm going to be ready by this time. You know, I'm going to get out the door by this time and be be there by this time. But just stuff just doesn't work out sometimes. And then I'm like, why was I not, why was I not there on time? And I don't know. I just say, think back to the times where, you know, I showed up at a wedding once and it was already going on. And then, um, I don't know. I mean, like, I was never uh late to work or anything like I always showed up on time um especially with school and college in community college I was late a lot because you know the transition from high school to college I was just I for some reason like I just I had too much freedom and I'm just like I'm <laughs> not gonna go to class I'm gonna drive and get myself a quesadilla you know and that's why I failed a lot of classes but you know what I just retook them all, you know, wasted a year of my life. I can't get back. But, you know, that quesadilla was really good. (laughs) I mean, at least it wasn't a bad quesadilla. I know. That would have been a bummer. I don't think I've ever had, like, a bad quesadilla. Like, I would... uh, A bad quesadilla would be, like, expired cheese or something or, like, a bad tortilla or, like, just, like, something you whip up on the pan of, like just random cheese and random tortillas you have in your house. Yeah, they're kind of hard to screw up. Yeah. Oh, I have been watching the Great British Baking Show and I am in love with it. It's so good. I'm obsessed. I was so sad because I was watching um, the, the first season that's on Netflix. I love Chetna. Chetna Mm -hmm. is so good. And I just, I loved all the bakers. Like, they were all so wonderful. Even the guy that threw the cake or whatever in the trash can. Like, I... That poor guy. He was having a bad day. I know. And I just started up a new season. And it's good. But, God, I just, I miss that other batch of people. Like... Yeah, but you get to know the new people and you like them, too. Yeah, I love I love the judges. I love how one of the girls forgot the names of w- one of the judges and they just call him the male judge. I love the male judge. I love I love the hosts. I just it's just it's so pure and it's so nice and fun to just put on my tread to run on the treadmill and just watch some baking because even though if I eat that I'll gain all my 70 pounds back, but it just it's it's just so nice. It is a really nice show, and the new season just started, and I'm happy to have it back. Ugh. Some quality television. Pure, sophisticated. I just, I feel like my IQ goes up every time I watch it. (laughs) That's just you being fooled by hearing British accents and thinking British accents (laughs) equals smart. I guess, but it just, I love it. Just, their vocabulary is just eloquent and beautiful 
Okay, that's not a comment I would have on that show before. I think it's charming and sweet, but fairly, like, middle of the road in terms of everything else. But it's, it, is a good, it is a good, a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, I guess I'm just used to Gordon Ramsay calling everyone a fucking cow or something. Yeah, and I that's sort of why I like the show, is that it's not mean. And it's not, there's not, like, a lot of drama between the contestants or anything. Which is why I like the thing about, a, like, American reality TV that I just don't enjoy at all. So it's nice to just have a little nice thing where they help each other and are nice. And, like, feel bad when people leave. I know. I love how just everyone gets along so great. And, you know, they all help each other and they're all friendly. Like, I just, I love that. Like, we don't see that in American television. Like, I watched uh, Glow Up, which is also on um, Netflix. It's, I think BBC had it first and then they gave it to Netflix. And it's like a makeup, makeup show, contest show. It's really good. I really like that one, too. Like, the judges are, like, a little harsh sometimes. But that's the thing is that everyone gets along with each other really well. Like, I don't know. I just, I find myself gravitating towards, like, non-American television now. Um, HBO Max has another British one, which is the great British pottery throwdown. And it's it's a pottery competition. And I watched it when it was originally on in the UK. But I, like, this, the season they have is one of the earlier seasons and so I had sort of, I've forgotten most of it, so I can just sort of still watch it because I don't remember who wins. I love surprises like that, where just it's like you're like, you think you remember something, but but that sounds I'll pr- fun. I'll probably remember as the contestants get narrowed down, but. Yeah, that's how I was when I was watching like old seasons of The Bachelor. I was like, I know that this person becomes The Bachelorette, but like, I don't know where they get eliminated. Yeah. Um, should we talk about some Star Wars? Yeah, I guess. I mean, we we actually have news this week. I mean, sort of. Like, there's nothing, like, huge, but there's some developments. Uh, starting with... Tony Gilroy is not going to be directing at least the first three episodes of the Cassian series as he was originally set to do. Um, He is still the showrunner. He's still an executive producer. But um, it came down to their shooting in the UK and it was a decision of does he fly over there during COVID and he decided not to, uh, which I mean, and we've got to indicate that they're starting filming fairly soon. But um, he's being replaced on the first three episodes by a man named Toby Haynes, who did um, the USS Callister episode of Black Mirror, which is the like the Star Trek themed app they did. That's like pretty highly regarded. Is probably like my in my top five episodes of that show. He did the. Um, Ragged Bike Falls episode of Sherlock, and he did some Doctor Who as well. 
Uh, so I'm 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 fine with that. Like I'm excited that they're like moving forward on Gassian and the fact that that Tony Gilroy had to make this decision it means they're like gearing up to get things started, and that is a good sign. Yeah, I like that. I respect, you know, the decision that, you know, he didn't want to, you know, fly over and, you know, potentially, you know, get ill or get others ill. And yeah, I'm confident that the show knows what it's doing. And it's crazy. You know, we've been talking about this forever, like when they're going to start filming. And I can't believe that that's potentially soon. Yeah. And, and, you know, like, obviously, like, you know, anytime there's stars news, it's like instantly drama, but it's like, he's still, he's still showrunner and he's still EP. So I think it, you know, probably is very much what, you know, what they're saying it is, which is he didn't want to do international travel during COVID to go direct some episodes of the show. Um, We don't know any of the other directors um, who are going to be taken over later, but I mean, yeah, I love I I love Rogue One, and I I like I like that Tony Gilroy is doing the show. I'm kind of surprised, considering how uh, frank he was when he took over Rogue One, but but I think it'll be an interesting show. Yeah, I think so too. I'm really excited for it, and I think our friend Catherine's even more excited for it. <laughs> She is more excited than anybody. I mean, probably like after Diego Luna, she is the person who is most excited to be doing this show. God, I think she's probably even more excited than Diego Luna. Like, I mean, it depends whether, yeah, yeah. Depends whether Diego Luna gets a chance to touch Jabba the Hutt in this show or not. But that would just be a dream come true. Like just like the three of them in one room, Jabba the Hutt, Cassian (laughs) and and Catherine. (laughs) No, I'm I'm looking forward to the show, and like Toby Haynes isn't a name that I'd known before, but I recognize a lot of the stuff he's done. He's done a lot of TV, and he's done a lot of TV that I like. So, just happy that it's moving forward. I hope we get more news soon, but for now, I'm like, yay, it's still happening. That's always that's always what I want whenever I hear anything about Cassian. Whenever I see anything start to trend, I'm like, oh no, please let this show still be happening. Yeah. Huh. Well, oh, do you know what I just realized? Mm-hmm. So before we were recording, we were talking about how um LA Comic Con announced that they're doing something in December, which that, that's a joke. But also that uh, D23 announced that they're moving their convention to um, 2022. Guess how many weeks it is after celebration? Two weeks. Two weeks. Oh, okay. I'm going <laughs> to. I'm going to two conventions, and, and I, I, you know, wherever I'm staying, I should just stay there for two weeks. <laughs> that's too much that the like like considering how exhausted i was after a celebration last time like oh no no thank you oh that just i'm gonna be on vacation for two i mean i'm on vacation now but like i'm on vacation for two weeks you know i get one convention and then i get another like it, it's like you're opening christmas presents and then you, you think it's you 
you think it's over, but then like you get the big present, you know, the present you're like, oh my God, is it the puppy? Is it the puppy? It's the fucking puppy. But I don't. That, that would lead me to believe there is not going to be much Star Wars news at D23 this year. Cause they're not going to hold anything big. No, and two weeks is not. two weeks is not long enough for there to be like something that it'd be like, you know, like if it, it's like two months and you're like, okay, they weren't ready to announce this yet, so they're holding it. But two weeks, two weeks is a little close. Yeah, I guess that's true. I mean, I feel like the the biggest things that we find at you know D twenty three are like a lot of like Marvel Marvel related things, or especially like the Disney Plus. Like I rave about that Disney Plus panel that we got last year. Oh, and even though I did see Ewan McGregor and they didn't have to do with Star Wars, I saw a lot of other things too. You know, I saw our good friend Kevin Feige again. Uh, who else did I see? But I saw a bunch of, you know, friends and family, you know, like it was, it was great. Like I, I love the Disney family and they're going to do a thing to celebrate a hundred years of, you know, the company existing and I can't believe that's in two years. I don't know what, is going to happen in two years you know if it's going to be considered safe to go to a convention in two years i mean shit you know we're, we're talking shit about you know people you know going cross country right now like i don't even know if it's going to be like acceptable to go to a convention in you know two years you know yeah i mean it all depends whether we can whether like we have a workable vaccine or not but yeah Oh, no, yeah, everything, everything, two years. Yeah, I just, you know, especially with LA Comic Con announcing in December, too, like, what are they going to announce? Because all these big movies keep getting pushed back because, you know, they're seeing, you know, how low these numbers are in the movie theaters and that, you know, a lot of people aren't going to the movie theaters because, you know, maybe a lot of movie theaters aren't safe or, you know, just or safety, just safety, safety. Open. Exactly. Like, safety, not that safety, I would, safety. not that I would go to a movie here, but I can't go to a movie here. Yeah. And. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, it's fine. I mean, it sucks that these movies that we've been looking forward to are getting pushed back, but I, you know, especially with like no, Disneyland not reopening, <laughs> like take your time, take your time, please. Like, I don't need to go to Disneyland right now. Like. I I don't blame anyone or anything that it's still closed. Like, good. Like, the more people I see complaining that Disneyland's still closed, like, the more I want it to keep closed, you know? No. No, I'm glad movies are getting pushed back. I'm glad it's getting pushed back instead of, like, either releasing them or, like, Tenant and that was a disaster or, like pushing it out on, on VOD. I only want stuff on VOD that I really like, small stuff. I don't want to see, I don't want to look like my first time I see Wonder Woman to be like me sitting in my, like, on my bed looking at my TV. Like, no, I want to see it in a theater with people. Even if I have to yeah, wait longer I mean, for it. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't mind, like, I heard a rumor that they filmed a Borat too, and I wouldn't mind buying that. That's the only thing where I'd be like, I don't mind buying that on VOD. I'd watch, I'd watch that in a heartbeat. But, yeah, it's... It's interesting, just with movies and everything, or just 
yeah. Like there's some stuff I was bummed about, like like Candyman getting pushed back. I was I was sad because horror movies I will watch like by myself sitting on my apartment. That doesn't bother me. Even though like there is also like there is something about like seeing a seeing a horror movie in like a packed theater is awesome. Like I saw, you know, um I saw us with a huge crowd like opening that weekend and that was an amazing experience and made that movie, which I already love, like a lot more fun. And I saw Midsummer in a big crowded theater where everybody was super into it. But I also would kind of just like to like spend 20 bucks and watch Candyman next month instead of sometime next year. Yeah. It's crazy, like, the things that, you know, we used to do, you know, like, go to events, you know, or go to podcast (laughs) events and go to movies and just, like, how foreign that is now. Like, you know, looking back on old pictures and seeing, you know, all of us at, like, one of steel shows or something or, like, at a convention, you know, like, being indoors somewhere, like, yeah, it just seems, like, so foreign and so forever ago. Yeah, Steele had just put up um, this weekend a picture of me and him from LA Podfest four years ago where we met in person for the first time. And I just like, it just, it made me like, I, like it was nice because it was like, oh, good memories. But also I'm like, oh man, like doing things and seeing people. Even if I was Steele, I just want to see somebody. Anybody. I know. That's four years ago. That's crazy. Yeah, it is weird. I hadn't realized it had been quite that long. I just mostly remember how nervous I was to meet him, which is hilarious, like, in retrospect. But at the time, I'd been listening to his podcast for, you know, a couple of years, and it's, like, a big deal. And now I'm like, I can't believe I thought it was a big deal. I know. I remember the first time I met Steel Saunders. I went to his fir- one of his first um, LA shows after he moved here, and I remember just being so scared that like Dom Legatsby had to like drag me to him. And like for some <laughs> reason, like I thought it'd be funny to like you know I was doing my makeup, and I'm like I I thought it'd be funny to write Yub Nub on my eyelids, and I don't know why the fuck I did that. Like that's still one of those I things that I'm just like now. why? Oh man! And then. And then I, I told, I think that was the first thing I told him because I was nervous. I was like, hi. I'm like, I wrote Yub Nub on my eyelids. And he's like, wow, that's some Raiders of the Ark shit. <laughs> I'm just like, God damn it. He thinks I'm a fucking weirdo. <laughs> I mean, he still does probably. But I mean, now it's more reassuring that he doesn't think I'm fucking creepy. But I don't know. Everyone who listens, like, tell us your first Steel Saunders encounter. Oh, and he was so tall. He's so tall, too. So I was like, oh, my gosh, this this tall man. <laughs> but, yeah. You tell us your Steel Saunders, you know, the first time meeting Steel. Just, <laughs> just tell us your stories. I love it. I, I want to hear them all. We're telling them as if they were, like, celebrity stories. <laughs> I don't know. Just I love Steel. Like Steel's such an awesome guy. He's such an awesome friend. Like he's a good dude. I don't know. It makes me 
it makes me happy that we have someone like him, you know, as our friend and, you know, someone in the community. Like he's yeah. been busting out all of these hyper chats and yeah, yeah. he's been so good. If you're if you're in to you want just some good Star Wars chat, he's been doing stuff on YouTube several times a week. Check it out. Steel Wars. Um, just some and often just it'll just be like 20, 30 minutes, but. It's a lot of fun. He has some good people on, and he's just like catching up with the stars news of the day. Yeah, talking about Toro Calcan. Ugh, that fucker. <laughs> okay. Um, let's see what else happened. Oh, so Hasbro had this past weekend what they were calling like. Like has has con or Hasbro Pulse con. I saw them using both things, so I don't know exactly what it was called. But uh, there are a bunch of new toy announcements, including like a bunch of Black Series figures, and they're doing Jar Jar, which people are really excited about because they haven't been done that before. Um, it's a good looking figure, I gotta say. Ah, uh, there's a new like Anakin. There's a new Padme. I, what I got is the, what was going to be an, ex, like, an exclusive at some con when we could still do conventions that they put an exclusive on Hasbro Pulse, which was the special edition version of the armor from Mandalorian. They're doing like a normal version too. So if you didn't get this, you can still get the armor like in the regular black series, but they're doing one of the ones it's like in a little like slip case and it's got some extra accessories. Yeah, that's, that's a lot like, good for them. Cause I feel like they keep doing like, I feel like I keep seeing the complaint that it's just, it's a bunch of different variations of Darth Vader and stormtroopers and clone troopers. I mean, there's still that. They announced so nice. they, they announced several clone troopers. But they also, the new HasLab thing where they, had, that's where they did like the big sale barge before, which is like the, you know, they have to reach a certain number of pre-orders or the product doesn't happen. Um, and this time it was the Razor Crest. I think it took him only took him like two days to get to six thousand pre-orders, which was the the minimum. So that's going forward. It's huge. It's really cool looking. Like I don't have three hundred and fifty dollars to spend, nor do I have the space for it. But I know like several of our friends have ordered it, and it's pretty. It's pretty cool looking. Oh, and then they did uh, some holiday figures, which were fairly roundly trashed online. I never took Star Wars as being like very festive and very... Well, like there's been some stuff before and, you know, like in the Lego advent calendars and they have like the Christmassy like Funko Star Wars pops. But... I mean, it is always a little bit weird because Christmas doesn't exist in Star Wars. I mean, maybe Life Day does. Maybe these are just like Life Day. I mean, there's very much. They're, they're very much Christmas unless there is also, like you know, it's like 
the problem is like there's the execute like i some people want like they're like pure like you know screen versions of everything and they don't want anything that's like imaginative at all i'm fine with the idea of holiday star wars stuff i just think the execution on these in particular was really bad like they just look cheap and they looked like they were just like a normal stormtrooper like dipped in red and green paint and um, and I heard I heard um, Steele talking about this. Um, he did a he did a wrap up of the Hasbro stuff. Actually, um, that the love of my life, Chris Fresh was on, and they were talking about it. And and I had had this idea too that it shouldn't be like a green and red trooper. It should be like a trooper, like a regular white or black trooper with a, then like a colorful Christmas sweater. Yeah. I really enjoyed the love of my life slip in. I feel like I should do that whenever I talk about Carlos too. Like, yeah, Carlos from the Sith was the love of my life. Yeah. Um, I'm looking at these right now because I got a text message from you the other night saying that I should like study these. And <laughs> I think I just said, look at them, but okay. Yeah. And I actually think they're cute. Like, I wouldn't buy them because they're probably what like twenty bucks a trooper, but I think they're adorable. Like I, 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 I love. Know. Like for me, like I don't know. Like there's something about like the shade of green that they use doesn't. It's not like a Christmassy green to me. It reminds me of those like Christmas cookies, like the really heavily dyed ones, and it really makes me want a cookie now. And. I think they're cute. I kind of like how they have like a little companion with them. Like, um, like Dio looks like a reindeer and like the porgs look like penguins, which I, I kind of like, I don't know how I feel about that because I don't like when people look at my porgs and say, nice penguins. It fucker. They're not penguins. They're porgs. I like Porgs. the little. I like the um, the guy that when I watched the the announcement video, the the dude from Hasbro was calling them little buddies, like the little buddies that they come with. I wish I could just buy the little buddies. If I could just buy a set that had like the porg with the Christmas sweater and the little like snowman porg and the Rudolph the red nosed Dio, like I would get those. But I think the troopers are mostly ugly. And also, I don't like the fact that. Like, they all have weapons that are not Christmas-themed or even Christmas-colored. Like, one of them has a big old gun that is white and orange. It's like a candy cane. No, not a candy cane. Candy corn. Yeah. Uh, why? It's a Christmas figure. Why couldn't it be, like, why couldn't know, it be like, like a big candy cane gun or something? I guess that was my first thought when I saw it though. That, oh, it's candy corn. Like people like Emily like candy corn for some yeah, reason. Yeah, that's not a Christmas but... candy. And when they do do Christmas candy, do, when they do do candy corn at Christmas time, it is like green and red colored. They do like special like colored versions. They don't have orange and white Christmas candy. That's not a thing. Like, I like, you know, I could just do, like, a little stormtrooper in a sweater with a sweater and a scarf and maybe, like, the the red and white striped socks or something. I'd be fine with that. Or do, like, C-3PO, but he is colored red and white like a candy cane. I'd also be okay with that. I just think, I think overall these just seem lazy. 
I think the little buddies are creative, though. I kind of cringe when they first called them little buddies because like they have they're more than little buddies. But I I think those are creative, like putting the little scarf on the porg. I think that's cute. Um, I like how one of them like looks like Santa, the one with Rudolph the Red nosed Dio. Oh, the range trooper. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, I definitely want to buy these. Would I? admire them from afar of course like if they showed up in my home i'd be like cool more christmas decorations would i get them as a present for chris fresh of course i would i'd buy him all of these speaking of since as a wedding gift okay um i would prefer our wedding gift not be like more shit for him to have he has enough shit but um since he sent us a voicemail about the Christmas stuff, should we go ahead and do that voicemail now? And then we'll go back to talking about other stuff? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. This is called Hasbro Christmas Capers. Let me see if I can get it to play. Hello there, Canto Kittens. It's your friend Chris Fresh here. Just doing a Brittany Brown style in bed in my underwear. Sexy. Well, look, I don't actually know if Brittany, when she's recording in bed, is in her underwear. But don't you get too hot if you're wearing pants in bed? Actually, are you under the covers, Brit, or is it on top of the yeah. bed, sitting on the bed? Now I'm not even sure that I'm doing under it covers. correctly and actually doing it Brittany Brown style. Um, and how could I forget the love of my life, Emily Lind? Emily, how are you? Oh, it's sort of all, that's a sort of rhetorical question. Like, you don't have to answer that. I probably got that answer at the start of the show. Um, and depending on who's doing the intro, I'm hoping that Brittany did confirm that it is, in fact, her, that she is Brittany doing the show. Um, I actually have a question for Brittany. I'm all Brittany. I've gone cray cray for Brittany in this voice message. Um, just with the Hasbro Pulse reveals, as you know, I like to turn to the Canto by Dispatch for all my toy news, and especially Brittany. And Brit, we saw the festive figures that Hasbro are releasing. And while I'm sure there's no chance in hell you are buying any of them, I did notice one had a porg. So I'm just curious, you might have already answered this, whether you'd be getting that because it contained a pork. But if you had to choose one of them to buy to be a part of your festive display at Christmas, at the Yuletide season, which one would it be? But I can't have you base it on the minifigs that they come with because we all want the cute little minifigs. They're adorable just based purely on the six-inch figure, which one would you choose to be a part of your Christmas collection? Emily, fine for you to chip in your thoughts if you haven't given them already. Um, thank you for indulging me. I've almost, I'm going to approach three minutes. That's just because I'm a hog for airtime, really. Um, yeah, I just can't help myself um i adore you both and i love you emily 
and we'll speak soon. Bye. Well, first of all, I'd like to thank Chris for giving me permission to answer the question he asked. That was nice of him. What a gentleman. (laughs) So, Brittany, if you were, you have to buy one of them to put in your Christmas display, which one are you getting? Okay, well, I'm torn on two of them. Um, I'm torn on the Walmart um, Snow Trooper and the GameStop Clone Trooper. I'm more of a Clone Trooper gal myself, even though I do admire the Porg with the um, with the Snow Trooper more. I know I have to face on the Snow the Snow Trooper. I like how festive he is, though. I like the socks. I like how his helmet has, you know, a variant of colors that are red and white. Um, and I don't know, I'm a sucker for clone troopers. And I know, you know, especially in my home, you know, as a decoration, like, it's tricky. Like, I like the scarf on the other pork better. But, gosh. But that snow trooper is just so festive. So I think I gotta go with the snow trooper with the cute little pork with the green scarf, and I believe that's like green and red on the bottom of it. What about you? Um, I think I'm, if I were going to do one of them, I would either do the the snow trooper because, I don't know, at least it's a little bit it's a little bit different looking. I don't have any snow troopers. Or I would do the Santa range trooper. Because I, I, I really just don't like the shade of green that they used. Like there's something about it that looks so like cheap to me. You know what I think it might be? Like it's kind of the green color of like the little like green army men. That you buy like a hundred in a, like a barrel. Oh yeah. So I think I might go with the with the Santa Range Trooper, just because it looks like that looks like hmm. the most of what it is, which is like he's dressed as Santa Claus and he's got a nice little Santa coat. Yeah, I know. Like I know. the fact that they're like there's the red on the top of the helmet and then the rest of the face is white. Like it looks almost like a little Santa beard. Yeah, I know. I'm looking back at that clone trooper now. I do like how, you know, his chest piece is, you know, decorated with, you know, snowflakes and the Death Star. Gosh. Yeah, I'm going to stick with my answer. Like, even though I'm more of a clone trooper gal, like, I got to give the snow trooper a chance like i just i love how festive he is i love how festive he is with you know his little porg buddy oh and to answer fresh's question you know what is you know britney brown's style while recording um i'm not under my covers i have like a light blanket that i well it's not really light it's one of those blankets that you get from like costco like it's kind of thick but it's very soft i can't 
be over the covers because like I get cold easily and I have to have the fan on because then it gets like warm. But if I'm at Carlos's house, like he turns down the AC to like negative five. So like I always have to be bundled up. And that's how far I will answer that question, Chris Fesh. But thank you. Thanks for thinking of us as you sit around in your underwear. That makes me happy. It's good to know. How romantic. Um, And the fact that he's still calling us Canto Kittens because he knows I hate it. And I just should have ignored it when he first said it. But I think it's cute. Now it's a thing. I know you do. <laughs> it just we're we're but both a couple. Keeps using it. We're a couple of kittens. Like that's adorable. Like we're just the two little Canto kittens. Like it can't get any better than that. I'm not adorable. Yes, I don't want to be adorable. I don't approve of it. It's okay. Like, look at us. Like, we're the Canto by Dispatch. You know, they look at us and they're like, it's the Canto kittens. Like, they're just so adorable and they're honest and they're real. Like, that, what's cuter than that? If it was anybody other than Fresh, there would be serious repercussions. Ah. <laughs> <sighs> uh. I guess it's not worth ending our engagement over, but we'll find something. Uh, <laughs> oh, let's in further merchandise news. Star Wars has announced they're doing this thing called Mando Mondays, which is off of the uh, website. Disney and Lucasfilm today announced Mando Mondays, an all new global consumer products, games, and publishing program kicking off October 26th that will debut goods inspired by the show. After fans experience the latest episode every Friday on Disney Plus, they can visit MandoMondays.com each Monday to see what new toys, collectibles, apparel, books, comics, digital content, and more will be unveiled. Mando Mondays will run for nine weeks, culminating on December 21st. So it looks like the first one will be up like before the first episode, but then after that it'll be like the Monday afterwards. Uh, yeah. I just... I like this. This is great, but like I just hate the fact that they're just like shoving all this Mandalorian merch in our face and like it's a little too late. Yeah, well, I mean, maybe, you know, I'm assuming it'll be a lot of stuff that'll be like you know, like it'll be like introducing a new character or something, then it'll be, hey, here's a figure that you can buy. Or here's a, you know, here's a shirt of this scene, you know, like it'll, they'll have Boba Fett. And then the next Monday, we'll be able to get like Boba Fett and his new, like, you know, new Mandalorian design or whatever. Yeah, just God, it's going to be hard to stay off the internet because it's, there's going to be all these toy leaks and everything. Like, it just, that's why I liked how, the, you know, the first season of The Mandalorian, like, there was nothing. Like, there were no toys. There was nothing. And I feel like now we're just getting all this Mandalorian stuff. Like, I'm drowning in the Baby Yodas. You know, like, they're, they're making, like, Baby Yoda everything. And it's, like, so expensive, too. Like, I want a Baby Yoda, you know, tank top. But I don't want to spend $39 on a Baby Yoda tank top. I want a Baby Yoda hat. But I'm not going to spend... $32.99 on a Baby Yoda hat, you know? Like, it just, it's so expensive. 
Yeah, that's when you just buy, like, rip-off merch. Just go on Etsy. There's, like, a billion Baby Yoda things you can buy. Yeah. But I don't know. I just, I, I mean, look. There's going to be a ton of shit. And at the end of the day, it's just them selling shit because that's what they do. But considering the lack of shit there was for Mandalorian in the first season and like all the figures like we still don't have, like I kind of like that they're at least doing something and maybe we'll get some like I'm, you know, I like to see that we knew they were doing some books and they got pushed back, but I'm excited to get more info on those. Maybe even some more books coming out. And there'll be, you know, there'll be videos and shit to watch. And I I, I just sort of like that they're, they're doing something. Yeah, I should be thankful that, you know, they're doing something. Like, I'm on the website right now, and it, it seems like, you know, it seems very well prepared and, you know, well, well organized. And, you know, they have a countdown of mando mondays and a countdown of when the mandalorian season two will start which is 31 days 10 hours three minutes and 50 seconds yeah and you know some of the merchandise like they 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 put up like quite a bit of new stuff already that was up for pre-order um nothing i was super interested in um i gotta say the baby yoda lego set is really disappointing like, I know the figures are hard to do and, like, pe- like characters are hard to do and, like, build Legos, but that Baby Yoda is creepy looking. It is not adorable like Baby Yoda should be. I'm super disappointed. Oh, God. Have you seen the actual Yoda Lego? Oh, it's terrible. They just, they can't do it. Like, thank God the Porg is okay. I, I still have the Porg. I use it to hold my necklaces, actually. So it's, like, a dual purpose. Oh, yeah. cute. I like the Porg. I want the BB-8. I just can't. It's too expensive. Like, like it's so fucking expensive. I can't, like, pull the trigger on it. As much as I love putting them together, it's just, like, that's too much money. I know. That is expensive. Legos are just crazy, but they're such, like... They're such great gifts, like, especially for Carlos. Like, when I'm, like, I don't know what the fuck to get him. I'm, like, Legos. Because it just is so easy. Because, like, you can find, like, a big, like, Lego thing. And I'm, like, this is perfect. He's going to love this. He's going to spend so much time building it. I don't know where we're going to fucking put it. But, you know, it's something he enjoys. And <sighs> thank- no, I thank love God it. for Legos. I also, love, I also love how annoyed Chris Fresh is listening to this right now. Hearing you put ass on the end of Lego. Because Lego Lego is plural for Lego and the fact that you keep saying Legos, I can I can I can I can feel him getting annoyed from the other side of the world. He doesn't know why right now. Like on a Monday, well I guess it's a Tuesday morning over there when he's when we're recording this. But he just like woke up being mad and he'll find out why when he listens to this in a couple of days. I just sent him a DM of hearts, too, so he has no idea. He has no idea. <laughs> um, oh, um, the other Mandalorian thing was Giancarlo Esposito, Mothgate himself, who is, like, the best dude to do promo for your shit because he's so excited about it all the time. He's great. But he was talking about how um, he was giving an interview with people, and he started talking about how 
in seasons three and four of The Mandalorian, you'll find out answers for shit. And I'm like, okay, we knew we we're getting to season three. Uh, I, him talking about season four, who knows if that's a real thing or not. But, like, cool enough if it is, and the the fact that they are, if that is an accurate statement, like, the idea that they're mapping stuff out for that now, along with season three, is encouraging, because that's, if you're doing long-term storytelling, is something you should do, is not just think about the season you're working on, but thinking about future seasons as well. Yeah, I would hope that they would have, like, it figured out and not just, you know, pull out something from a hat and be like, let's have this happen this season. Or, you know, let's have Rey be a Palpatine. Oh, wait, never mind. Let's have her be a Kenobi. Oh, wait, no, she's a Palpatine. Oh, wait, no, she's Skywalker. Oh, I, let's just, you know, wait until December 2019 and you know, we'll call it a day. Yeah, I... For some reason, I was expecting this show to only last, like, a season or two. Like, I didn't think that it would be longer but i feel like part of me wants it to you know be shorter even though i love the mandalorian i just i don't want it to drag out and to get bad or i just i want you know so much like i see you know wandavision i see you know all the other shows that you know are potentially going to be done by you know different you know like marvel and star wars and this or that and i just i want a taste of everything like there's a big chocolate pie or chocolate cake you know, sitting there in front of me. But also, there's, like, a really nice piece of angel food cake right there, too. Like, I can't eat all of the chocolate cake because I want to try the angel food cake. You know, I have to strategize. You have to be like, okay, I'm going to have a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Like, I can't just have one big thing. I mean, I don't think having another season of Mandalorian is going to stop you from watching WandaVision. I guess. I just, I want, I want a variety. And it's, I don't know. We're getting a variety. Yeah, I just, uh I just want the other things now, you know, like that angel food cake is still in the oven and it's like, I want it now, even though like I have to wait for it. Like I hate waiting, but I understand that it takes a long time to, you know, create things and, you know, direct it, put it on screen, CGI, animation, baby Yoda, you know, like that takes a long time, but I'm just ready for all the other things. I'm enjoying the Mandalorian for now. We'll see. I mean, I'm slightly apprehensive about season two but I think mostly that's just because I'm a huge pessimist and like I wanted Mandalorian to be good but if it wasn't good it wasn't going to be like soul destroying because I wasn't you know I just feel like okay well that wasn't what I wanted but fine but now that we had a really good first season if the second season is bad that matters much more I know. I'm like almost not looking forward to it because like I don't want it to be bad. Yeah. I just I think, you know, if what what I need is for the first episode to be really really good. And if the first episode's really really good, then I will calm down. But for right now, I'm like eh, too much stuff I'm really unsure on. Yeah, it's just it's it's messy. I think I would be happier if I didn't know all of the like casting rumor shit. Yeah, I agree. Because that's what I'm apprehensive about is all the characters who are supposedly going to get shoved into this show who don't belong there. Ugh. Yeah. 
Uh, I don't know. Well, we'll find out soon. A month away. Yeah, we're almost there. And then we'll actually have fucking something to talk about every week. Thank God. It's been a hard couple months. Yeah, it's not been good. Um, But we do have one segment, and that is Brittany watching Deadwood. Yeah, what an episode. Uh, this is episode five of season two, uh, Complications. What did you think? Well, I was nervous, you know, the beginning scene of Alma throwing up because I'm like, oh, shit, she she relapsed. <laughs> but then I'm like, even bigger shit, she's pregnant. God damn yeah. it. That's what it, I mean, yeah, a woman throwing up in the morning on a TV show, that is always what that means. Yeah, because she was so sweaty, too, because she's always sweaty when she takes the, the laudanum, laudanum. Yeah. I was going to say lothium. Hey, Random question, going back to Star Wars real quick. I, I kept seeing Lethal, like, trending. Was the, wasn't there, like, some guy, like, doing, like, Ezra impersonations or something? Uh, no, it's a whole it's a whole thing. We don't need to get into it. It's, it's nothing. Oh, okay, good. But, yeah, back to Lothium. Um, or Lodium. Or some drug. <laughs> Laudanum. Laudanum. Back to the Laudanum. Yeah, because she gets all sweaty when she takes a Laudanum. And I'm just like, oh, God. Like, she's relapsed. I'm like, God damn it. But, no, she's pregnant. And then, you know, the whole episode is just her being like, I can't do this. I'm going to have complications. And Cochran being like, no, that's, no, you're good. And her being like, okay. Yeah, I mean, yeah. So she, at first, because um, she, there was some sort of, like, childhood illness, injury, something that, like, fucked up her pelvis and like she was told would make childbirth um dangerous cochran tells her you'll be okay like it, it's gonna hurt more than normal but you'll like the baby and you'll both be fine so she spends most of the episode and what i like about this is you get some really good scenes between her and trixie because obviously trixie is a good person to go to if you need to um not be pregnant anymore because due to trixie's uh work that is something that she would have experienced a lot. Um, and so she kind of gives her some advice there. And it's really, it's tr- like, it's Trixie. So she's supportive, but also very blunt. And it's lovely. And there's a very sweet scene at the end when she tells Trixie that she's keeping the baby. And Trixie tells her congratulations. And they both giggle over Trixie's relationship with Saul Star, And it's just so cute. I love it. I love their weird little friendship, and I I love her and Saul together. I I love like what did she call it? You know, she's like I got I got to get back to my work, and it just uh, she's just uh, so funny, and she tries to be all tough and everything, but it's like I know she cares. I know she cares about Alma. You know, she gave her, you know, the advice on like, you know what, tea to drink, but also like a supportive of her potentially keeping Seth's baby, which I'm really, really, really eager to see if number one, she tells Seth or number two that she's just like, I here's a kid. Here you go. But also I'm kind of worried about her now. Cause like, what if something happens to her? Uh, I don't know. Like how that's rough because you know, 
birth control obviously isn't a thing. Like, that's just, it's like gambling. Like, did she know that she could potentially get pregnant by having, you know, unprotected sex with Bullock? I think she had thought not only, like, would pregnancy be dangerous for her, but I think I think she also thought that, like, it, she was extremely unlikely to get pregnant. I think there's a line about that. Okay. So she just, like, she wasn't worried about it because she didn't think it would, like, happen. Ah. Uh. That makes sense, but yeah, yeah, I hope everything goes well in the pregnancy. I mean, that's going to be really hard for Bullock because, I don't know, he's married to another person. And what if, like, he gets her pregnant, too? Like, what if they're both pregnant at the same time? Like, that'd be so awkward, like, just both of Seth's kids. And what if they just, like, look identical, like they're twins? Like, that's crazy. Okay, you're going, you're going slightly down, like, all my children, like, storyline possibilities, but that's okay. <sighs> Uh, yeah, we had a lot of other stuff happen this episode. Al's like doing a little better. Apparently he had a stroke, like a mild stroke. Yeah, the um, the the doc's theory is that the like the strain from trying to pass the kidney stone, like gave him a, a stroke. So he like has trouble with using one side of his body and his like one of his eyes all like fucked up. And so the throughout the episode dan and johnny are trying to keep al from getting too involved in things but it's al so he has to be um especially because there's a lot of shit going on including um so last week um commissioner jury came in played by the amazing stephen tobolowski he's always like always good one of the best character actors around he's been in everything ever but um so they have been annexed into the Dakota territory and, you know, along with Mr. W and his whole like Hearst's play with, um, with Tolliver about like making people think that the claims aren't going to be um, honored so that people will sell. Uh, the commissioner is also mixed up in that. And we get more of that this week when he goes to uh, Merrick's news and he wants him to print a notice in the newspaper that's basically like claims will definitely totally be honored, except in the cases where they aren't. So it's just stirring more of this shit up and how they'll be like, you know, if the ones that aren't honored will be done by lottery and that, you know, is going to be a whole fucking rigged thing. And um, so Merrick, instead of putting it in the paper, uh, posts it like outside the newspaper office and people read it and are very upset and they try to um, go after the commissioner and when Al finds out about it he sends um, like Dan to go get Bullock for Bullock to deal with it and they almost kill the dude but Bullock whisks him away and sticks him in a cell. In the meantime, we get another new character. Um, okay, his name I'm not going to use because um, it's not it's not a word that I use. He is he is um, the, it is the N word general is how he refers to himself rather show. So obviously he doesn't say the N word. He says the actual word. Um, so we're, I think we're just going to call him the general. 
Yeah. Uh, he's, he's like, it, they do this occasionally on Deadwood, which is, this is a character who we haven't met before, but the show's like, oh, he's been in round before, so other people know him. So he's come back to town, and he hangs out with Jane for a while, and it's super cool. Like, he asked to buy the bottle of booze that Jane has, and she's like, fuck you, you can have some of it and drink with me, but... You know, I'm not going to just, like, sell it to you. And, like, it's a very cool, like, moment of, like, Jane, like, not giving a shit at all that he's black and him being, like, like n- nervous at first about it. And then them just, like, sitting and drinking together and trading stories. I, I really like that. And I really think that makes me, like, Jane so much more just knowing how caring and kind you know she is you know she saw that you know he was nervous he kept looking back and she's like just sit down and drink with me you know like that's just that's kindness right there and that was just so much fun like seeing them together yeah and he is in a um union army uniform it is unclear what his service actually was and how much he's lying about it. But, um, so when Bullock saves Commissioner Jerry and takes him, um, the main guy who has been agitating this all has the idea that they're going to basically lynch the general and that will distract Bullock, and then they'll go in and get Commissioner Jerry, and then it just turns into, we're just going to grab this guy and beat the shit out of him, because for whatever reason, they don't like, I mean, well, obviously, the reason they don't like him is he's black, but we also know he was in town before and had some sort of previous history with him. So they grab him and start to tar and feather him, which is pretty horrific. Yeah, that was not fun to watch. And luckily, like, they managed to not hurt him too badly before Bullock um, and Charlie Adder come in and, and rescue him. And then you get you get a nice scene at the end of Jane uh, patching him up. But, like, it's, aw- it's still, like, awful because she has to, like, tear the tar off of him. Ugh. We also get creepy Mr. W in this episode, too, a little bit. Yeah. Um, so Tolliver knows that there's something hinky about him because, like, he, the cut that he got from Joni's brothel is more money than they should be making. And Doris explains to him that, like, Miss, like, Mr. W is like has these like violent tendencies. So he doesn't know everything yet, but knows like there's something weird going on there. And then we also get a scene of him, Mr. W, with the um with the woman that he was he like had them bring out where he's reading her the the Wild Bill letter that he bought from Farnham at the beginning of the season. And it's just, just, it's the last letter that Wild Bill wrote to his wife. And it's really interesting because as he's reading it, you see them both be emotionally affected by it and trying to pretend that they're not. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, that was an interesting scene. And because we get a scene with her earlier in the bathtub talking to Joni about like how she like, like I was confused by okay so she uses her hand yeah because he don't it's that whole thing we saw where he like won't take his pants off and apparently that's his normal like thing interesting he's a weird guy yeah but then like he asked for his pants off yeah after he after he reads the wild bill letter for some reason that did it for him Oh. Interesting. And then Sarah Paulson and Silas Bone. Yes. And afterwards, because she's still doing the whole, you know, like saying that she's fearing for her life thing. And she says that Alma told her that Swearingen was Alma's agent in the killing of Brom Garrett. And this is where finally Adams realizes there's something else going on here. Like the fact that like she's saying that Alma would tell her that is so off that he he still then they have sex again because whatever it's naked Sarah Paulson and you're bad I get it. But he's finally at least has some sort of suspicion that something there is weird. He's a beautiful He's man. He's very handsome. I love his hair. It's so pretty. I just, I love it all. Just the beard and just like the seriousness. Like, I just, it, it, it's like, especially like just his reaction to like when, you know, she grabs his hand and, you know, goes under her shirt and touches his bre- her breast like just the way that he's looking like oh this is a breast <laughs> <laughs> oh shit it's great he's funny yeah oh and then we get a nice scene of of uh Seth and Al at the end like drinking together and Bullock realizing that they are weirdly on the same side at least in this and are going to need each other in whatever happens next because of people like commissioner Jerry and because of people like Tolliver who like whatever, whatever Al might be, he wants to protect Deadwood. However, whatever the selfish reasons are, he does. And that's also what Bullock wants. So they have a alliance of sorts. Yeah. They're like frenemies. I love it. I don't know. I just, I really like that Al is actually saying words because like I, it, it just have felt weird. Like him not like physically being there these last couple episodes. Like it's not Deadwood without Al. Yeah. It's, it's, it's rough to see him out of commission. So I'm glad he's coming back. I know the, the makeup work on that show is really good. You know how fucked up Al looks right. like he looks fucked up. Yeah. It's, it's, it's impressive. Yeah, with his eye, too. Like, oh, my God. Looks like a bear attacked him. That poor guy all he had was fucking kidney stones. I mean, even though that's, like, painful. Shit. And a mini stroke. Ugh. Poor guy. Glad to see him 
slowly getting back, though. Yeah. Uh, anything else? No, I I also thought it was funny how he asked Dan if he fucked him because he was looking at him like he did. Oh, yeah, because Dan just sit like when when he's first waking up, Dan's just sitting there and he's so happy. He's got this little smile on his face as he's watching Owl. It's cute. Oh, they're just so happy that Owl's back. That's how I felt, too. I'm like, oh, thank God. Like, <laughs> things are going to start picking up again. Then, like, Owl, Owl's back. But no, other than that, I, I think we covered everything. We actually had news and it was great. Yeah, and um, thank you again to Chris Fresh for sending us a voice message. If you want to send us um, a message, you can do voicemail. You can also just send us a regular email. You can send those to cantabitepod at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at cantabitepod. Um, Brittany, where are you on social media? You can find me on Instagram as Brittany the Ginger. And I'm on Twitter and Instagram at EF Lind. Um, please, you know, give us a follow, give us a retweet, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts because that helps out with the visibility of the show. Um, other than that, thank you guys for listening. We really appreciate it. And we will talk to you all next week. Bye. Bye. Ghetto bitch number one doing it fulcrum style. Uh, check it out. Listen up, y'all, cause this is it. Fuck all the rest, be a ghetto bitch. Brittany the Ginge and Emily Lynn. Bet on these two to show place and win. These are the girls you've been looking for. Unique takes on Star Wars and more. Listen every week for laughs and fun. Take it from me, ghetto bitch number one.